Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome in to another edition of the Saley Fantasy Football Podcast. Such a blast. So thankful to have you here. <clears throat> Seriously, thank you for joining me. show probably has like two followers, so we'll take it. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk some waivers and review the rest of the week one game tape slash film slash box scores, all that good stuff. And I thank you guys for listening today. All right, the Chiefs and the Browns. That was quite a game. Baker Mayfield really blew it. Nick Chubb had a fumble, which was very unlike him as well. Finished the day with two touchdowns, had a great fantasy day. And apparently the Chiefs only have two targets on offense as Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill absolutely ate. Patrick Mahomes looked absolutely flawless. And Baker Mayfield did play well, but ended up blowing it for the Browns. The Chiefs ended up winning that game. And... It was tough. It was a tough break. Tyreek Hill absolutely went off. 11 catches for 197 and a touchdown. That's why you took him in the first round. And So much for only taking running backs in the first round, folks. Tyreek Hill was well worth a first round pick, or so it seemed. The Giants and the Broncos, ah, this game was tough. This game was really hard to watch as the Giants are one of my favorite teams. I'm a diehard Dolphins fan, but the Giants still have a place in my heart. Daniel Jones is not the answer, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. You know, he, he had the drive where it was looking all right, looking good, and then he fumbled the ball, and he also threw a really, really bad interception. Um, Teddy Bridgewater in this game and the whole Broncos offense looked pretty good, pretty conservative. Almost reminds me of like a prime Alex Smith, uh, if you will, but the story of the day is just Daniel Jones is not the answer. Saquon could not get anything going behind that dreadful offensive line. And the receivers seemed to suffer from it. You know, Kenny Galladay, the whole game outside of garbage time was not doing much. Um, he made a couple of acrobatic catches in garbage time. But uh, Sterling Shepard seems to be the Giants receiver to own, if any. But uh, as a whole, I am definitely concerned about that offense. Broncos out of the ball, the backfield. Melvin Gordon took a nice... Nice run late in the fourth quarter, about 70 yards for a touchdown, boosted his stats up. He finished for 11-101 and a touchdown. Obviously, uh, we have to take that with a grain of salt because of that long touchdown run, but he does get Jacksonville next week as well as the rest of the Broncos. Unfortunately, Jerry Judy suffered a high ankle sprain that looked really nasty when it first happened. I thought for sure he had break, broken something, but uh, thankfully he didn't. He's going to be out at least six to eight weeks. But fire up your Broncos next week. A couple waiver wire guys coming up later in the show. And the Broncos take on a college team, which is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Maybe the biggest upset of the day came as the Saints played in Jacksonville against the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers looked like a shell of his former self. And I'm not sure if all the soap opera drama ended up getting to the Packers or if Aaron Rodgers just was not feeling it or if the whole Packers offense and the Packers team as a whole was not feeling it because Jameis Winston was able to do whatever he wanted through five touchdown passes. Yes, Jameis Winston, five touchdown passes and zero interceptions. How about that? That is something else. Alvin Kamara was a beast and Deontay Harris as well for the Saints. I mean, the whole Saints offense was just firing on all cylinders. The final was 38-3. to Aaron Rodgers could not get anything going. <laughs> A.J. Dillon led the Packers with four attempts for 19 yards. No, I am not kidding you. Aaron Jones, five carries, nine yards. Oh, my goodness. Devontae Adams, five catches, 56. Doesn't absolutely kill you, but this is about the worst that I think I've ever seen 
an Aaron Rodgers Packers team play. So there's no way that it can get any worse. They get the Lions next week on Monday Night Football and an angry Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field against the Lions. I'll take that all day long. My Miami Dolphins went into New England and won by a point. It was really fun to watch the two young Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, It pains me to admit it. Mac Jones looked a little better than Tua, but they both played really well. Uh, Tua's interception late in the game really should have cost the Dolphins the game, but uh, thankfully Damian Harris gave us a nice fumble on the turf and the Dolphins were able to pull away. Damian Harris definitely looked like the best Patriots running back of them all. That's because Ramondi Stevenson didn't get anything going because on his second or third carry, he fumbled the ball and was just immediately sent into the doghouse, did not see the game the rest of the game. Nelson Aguilar, five catches, 72 yards and a touch. If there's any New England pass catcher that I want to own, it's him, but I'm not exactly thrilled outside of Damian Harris to own anyone in the Patriots offense. For the Dolphins, the skills players were all over the field, but not really for fantasy. Miles Gaskin, nine attempts, 49 yards. Bleh. Malcolm Brown and Salvin Ahmed didn't do anything either. It seems that the running back to own is Gaskin, but he is nothing more than a flex play. Devontae Parker did his thing against the Patriots like he always does. Four catches, 81 yards. Eh. Jalen Waddle also had a nice day. And a touchdown, I think that all the Dolphins receivers with Will Fuller coming back next week are nothing more than flex plays at best. Rams-Bears, Matt Stafford looked like the truth. Matt Stafford to the Bears. Matt Stafford to the Rams, rather. He doesn't play for the Bears. He plays for the Rams. But even if he played for the Bears, Andy Dalton would probably still start. Matt Stafford to the Rams, I think, was one of the more underrated, if not the most underrated acquisitions of the offseason. I'm on record in the preseason on this podcast as saying that I think the Rams will win the Super Bowl, and I thought that Matt Stafford was the reason for that. Um, Him and Cooper Cup clearly have been working together this offseason because Cooper Cup absolutely ate. Robert Woods was nowhere to be found outside of a late touchdown that really saved his fantasy day. But if this game is any implication, I know it's week one, but if it's any implication of anything to come, it's that Cooper Cup is the first read in this offense and if you got him in the fourth or the fifth round you should be absolutely ecstatic daryl henderson 16 attempts 70 yards and a touchdown looks like the dominant running back in the rams offense and for the bears oh boy when is it going to be justin fields time man when is it going to be justin fields time i mean it's time matt nagy what are you doing we know andy dalton we've seen andy dalton for 15 million years in the nfl it's time to play Justin Fields. You're not going anywhere with Andy Dalton. You're going to 7-10. and 10. You're going to 8-9. It's time for Justin Fields. David Montgomery played solid. 16 attempts, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Watching the game, he looks better. He looks definitely better than last year. I'm not ready to say that he is a complete workhorse, a complete running back in the NFL, but he definitely looks better, um, and I think that he is a low-end RB2 on volume alone. Yeah, Marquise Goodwin led the Bears in receiving four catches, 45 yards. Allen Robinson was pretty much nowhere to be found, but it was a rough night for the Bears. The Rams look absolutely loaded. And then maybe the most fun game (laughs) and the wackiest NFL game I have seen in ages was the Ravens and the Raiders. And you almost wonder, it pains me to say it, what J.K. Dobbins could have done in this Ravens offense after seeing Tyson Williams bust through the middle early in the first half to score that touchdown. He was pretty quiet the rest of the way. But, yeah, the Ravens pretty much picked up where they left off. Lamar Jackson, 235 and a touch on the ground, 12 for 86. 
and Sammy Watkins led the team with four catches for 96 yards. Marquise Goodwin always ha also had a nice night, got into the end zone as well. If there was any doubt about Josh Jacobs, well, there should be because him and Kenyon Drake pretty much split the snap share. But we know that the number one target in this offense is Darren Waller. No question. 10 catches, buck 05 and a touch. 18 targets. Led the league in targets for any player in week one in Darren Waller. I think if we redraft today, it's probably a late to mid second round pick. I mean, the tight end on that offense just runs the show. Derek Carr looked really good too. 435, two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs, 10 for 34 and two touchdowns. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs is a low end RB2. Ride him while you can. Derek Carr's a streamer, but Darren Waller is definitely the guy's own on the Raiders. And for the Ravens, the passing attack. You kind of just cross your fingers. We know that they run the ball. But uh, their line actually didn't look very good, and that would concern me as well. But Tyson Williams, I believe, is the guy to own. Latavius Murray is definitely a stash, and maybe Le'Veon Bell. Probably not, though. All right, let's talk some waivers for week two. Waivers for week two. Let's go. One through ten. Elijah Mitchell obviously coming in at number one because why not? We know that the Shanahan running back, if we know who the starter is, is so valuable. I would spend anywhere from 30 to 40% of my fab. If I was really desperate, maybe 50. But the only problem is Trey Sermon is likely active next week. We don't know what happens when Jeff Wilson gets back, and we don't know if the Niners are going to sign someone. Oh, wait, they did. Carryon Johnson was added to the practice squad. He doesn't scare me in the slightest. But I'm not going all in on Eli Mitchell because this just feels like a trap. Number two, Christian Kirk, two touchdowns. On the day this past Sunday, played like a menace. And that Cardinals offense, passing game-wise at least, was firing on all cylinders. If I can get a piece of anywhere in that offense, Christian Kirk seems like the guy, a really solid player. I would spend anywhere from 10 to 20% of my fab on him. Number three, Tim Patrick, the solid pro for the Broncos, should see more work now that Jerry Judy went down. Has always been a really solid NFL receiver. And I think that he only sees more opportunities now that Jerry Judy is no longer in the picture. Number four, Cole Beasley, another solid pro, 13 targets on the weekend. Probably not on your waiver wire, but I thought that I'd list him anyways. Any, anywhere from 10 to 15% of fab on both Tim Patrick and Cole Beasley sounds good to me. Number five, Jameis Winston tossed five touchdowns, looked really good. But we've said that before about Jameis Winston. If you need a quarterback... I don't think that he is the worst option in the world. And Sean Payton knows how to get the most out of his players. Uh, 5 to 10% on Jameis Winston. Number six, Kenneth Gainwell. Played well. I think Miles Sanders is still the one, and I need to see what the Eagles look like against a non-Atlanta NFL football team. Anywhere from, anywhere from 10 to 15% of your fab sounds good to me on Kenneth Gainwell. Number seven, Mark Ingram. 26 carries, 85 yards, gotten in the end zone, but seems like there's a three-headed monster in Houston. Seems like they're going to ride the hot hand anywhere from 10 to 15 on Mark Ingram as well. Uh, especially if you need a running back, I would even consider spending 20 because, you know, we've seen it before. We've seen it in the past. Running backs on bad teams can still produce for fantasy. Hello, James Robinson of 2020. Number eight, Tony Jones looked good in his limited role for the Saints this past weekend. Anywhere from 5 to 10%, I think that he is for sure worth his stash, and he is obviously a lottery ticket if Kamara were to ever get hurt. Number 9, Zach Pascal. Not really thrilled with him. Uh, caught two touchdowns, played well. 
this past weekend. But uh, this is more a deep league ad, anywhere from 5 to 10%. Uh, Wentz looked solid. And if he favors Pascal over Pittman, sign me up all day long. 5 to 10%. 15 if you're really desperate in a really deep league. And then number 10, this actually is not number 10. This is more like three or four. Uh, Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard had an exceptional day. Uh, he's played well in the preseason, played well in week one. And I think that if you need a flex wide receiver three, boom bust, uh, he is for sure worth 15 to 20% because someone in that offense has to catch passes from that dreadful quarterback, Daniel Jones. All right, that is going to do it on today's show. We reviewed the rest of the week one games as well as our top 10 week two waiver wire pickups. I hope you guys go out and spend your fab money and have a blast because that's what fantasy football is all about. I thank you guys so much for listening and we'll be back tomorrow to talk some week two preview week two everything football season is back. It is upon us and it is truthfully the cure all. I will see you guys in the next one. Take care folks. 